Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions, the show where Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars, is the subject, and my name is still Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud. And joining me once again in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. A man so strong in the force, his lightsaber is powered by a massive Bliber crystal. It's Blylo Ren himself. <laughs> a Bliber crystal? Are you kidding it makes me? makes no sense. Is, is, that, is that how far we're going with the Blybuns? What are we going to do, Matt? Like, how can we get around this? Uh, in my head, I've been thinking the Emp Blyer strikes back, and I'm trying to think of these ones, but these are the oh, cleverest right, I can you've get. you've said it now. You've said it now. The Emp oh, Blyer strikes back. <laughs> Here's another one. <laughs> so good. So good. Dude, it's great to be back. I've missed the show. Sorry I was away last week on business in Germany, but it's all good because I had some currywurst, I had some schnitzel, Ooh. and uh, it was it was amazing. Hamburg is a great city. Recommend it. I would like to go to Germany soon. Uh, one place I haven't been to, but I'd like to go there just for their massive steins of beer. <laughs> oh, dude. Did you try any of that? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, those things are naughty. They are naughty. Big one of those. But, but you know what? It's been, it's, been a, it's been a busy week. The weather in the UK has been mental. We've had boiling hot days Turbulence. and rainy days and windy days. It's been mental, but, you know, it wouldn't be summer without it. But I tell you what, mate. Mm. I tell you what. Yeah. The, Speaking of weather and whatnot, I feel a gust. Speaking of or wind, a, or more of a, more of a, more of a subtle breeze. Oh, a subtle breeze. A naughty galactic oh, breeze oh. coming through, which I'm ready to chat. You know what that means? It means the Essex Falcon is repaired and back to full health. Let's talk Star Wars again. So, what's happening in the galaxy, Blyden Voss? Right. Okay. So, first bit of news this week is a new Star Wars book has been announced. And it's going to explore the history of the Jedi as told by Luke Skywalker. It comes out in November. November, mate. November is going to be so busy. It's it's an actual joke how busy it is. But the book, anyway, it comes out 19th of November. The book's called The Secrets of the Jedi. And it's all from Luke Skywalker's point of view. We've already had a few excerpts from it. Um, we're not going to spoil much of it for you, but it goes through the Jedi from we're, we're talking from the old Republic to the Clone Wars. It talks about light force abilities. It, it's super, super interesting. Um, and of course, it, it all it all ties into the films, prequels, but even from before the prequels, the originals and now the sequels. And it's all from Luke's time um, uh, point of view. So it's all from his discoveries. Um, from being a Jedi Master, really probably after Return of the Jedi, when mm-hmm. he went out exploring the Jedi Order, exploring the Force a bit more. So it it looks really interesting, and the art looks absolutely gorgeous. I'm, I, I, you know what? I think I'm going to pick this one up, you know. You are That's incredible. You're, you're, Mate, you're I'm not even book? joking. That, I know, it's ridiculous. And it, <laughs> A Star Wars book. I do. I do buy occasional books, but not, not, not the, not, not, not Star Wars books. Sadly, as Matt knows. However, dude, I, I'm noticing this week, 
that week when it comes out, 19th of November, that is when The Mandalorian comes out, isn't it? Uh, it's it's either at the Let beginning of that over. week or the end of that week, yeah. So, right. the Okay, so get this. The Mandalorian comes out on the 12th of November, and then Jedi Fallen Order comes out on the 16th of November, and then that book comes out the 19th of November. And the Clone that Wars starts mental. at some point, doesn't it, in November? I, see, I thought Clone Wars started next year. Ooh, I thought it was November. I could be wrong. Anyone I could out be there wrong. listening, let Probably. us know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have a li- we'll have a little swift Google afterwards. But um yeah, November looks absolutely pucker. But the 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 art on this book, Secrets of the Jedi, looks incredible. Um the 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 wording in it is amazing. Um and yeah, we're not we're not gonna spoil it, but honestly, this looks incredible, this book. What are you thinking, Matt? This is right up my alley. This is of course it's a canon uh, book of sorts, but I can't wait for this, man. It's uh, written by Mark Sumerak, who I'm not uh, entirely familiar with his work, but like you've just said, the the way this is presented is like just astonishingly beautiful. And there's a the uh, the author himself, Sumerak, He he said we were able to examine the different aspects of the Jedi Order from an angle that cut through the ancient legends, allowing us to examine why the Jedi needed to exist, why they were destined to end, and whether or not they could or should rise again. Which is just fascinating because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. obviously going to tie somehow into the rise of Skywalker. We're not going to know that until mm-hmm. we see that film, but it covers literally everything. It's Luke finding out about uh, all these different facets of lore that we know about, but we're going to sit from his side and what does he think about you know the Jedi Masters of old and all that. So and other things again, like we're not going to go into too much. If you want to, if you do want to know more, StarWars.com has a full-on article and it's got the excerpts on there. But man, I I, I can't wait. And I think we've also got um. Like the rise of the resistance novel comes out in um, November, which directly links into the rise of Skywalker, um, and I'm really, really looking forward to that as well. As talking about the resistance between the Last Jedi and the rise of Skywalker and how they rebuilt. So there's so much coming out that I'm going to have to just take well a month off work, I think, just to get just to absorb it all. <laughs> Mate, it is. It is looking that way. That is going to be the spiciest month of them all, apart from December. Of course, mate. Of course. Which Because, you know, Rise of Skywalker, episode nine. Big news. Big news. Oh, mate. Well, uh, books aside, DVDs are also going to get, uh, or Blu-rays, if you're more inclined, are going to get a bit of a refresh as well. Uh, we all know that Star Wars likes to re-release their own films every few years. And the, the newest collection of Star Wars Blu-rays, which comes out in on Tuesday the twenty second of September, are gonna get some awesome looking covers. They are all ten films released currently, so the eight saga films, Rogue One and Solo, all gonna have this beautiful new artwork, each with its own uh, individual colouring. Though I'd imagine that there's probably gonna be a box set of the entire saga released next year or in or in twenty twenty one, I'd imagine, with all nine films from the Skywalker saga. But if you want a you know, an up-to-date Blu-ray version. I don't think you can get anything new on it by, but particularly, but I think you're just going to get new covers. But I'll tell you something, the artwork is... I think the artwork's incredible on each one. So uh, I, yeah. whether or not I buy these is another story because I might my, my wait for that Saga box set to inevitably come out. But I think they look awesome. little bit of news that came out from a fairly slow week, but what did you think of these artwork? Oh, they look gorgeous, mate. And it's nice to see... Um, it's it's nice to see the whole films like mm. stylistically coherent in in just all all the color yeah. color um, 
covers sorry it's been a long day um <laughs> but it's it's great seeing seeing everything together really really is nice um the only thing my only criticism is my least favorite cover is actually the force awakens one really? i think they could have done a bit more. yeah I, I think they could have done a bit more with that one but that's just me that's I like just the color me. everything else dude i think the coloring on all of them is spot on spot on the rogue one one is just sure. the rogue the rogue one one it's um, <laughs> just <Rogue two>. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just it's just gorgeous Beautiful, absolutely green, love it and it's nice to see the the original films too like re-released this way too it, it looks really nice spicy yeah it's got the the original lucasfilm 20th century fox era and the disney era films all or disney lucasfilm all merged into one now they've all got the same uh, as you say the same appeal the same presentation so it's nice to see them all all brought together so nothing particularly new coming from this other than the fact that we get 10 pretty spicy bits of artwork yeah absolutely mate absolutely and talking of spicy <laughs> we have to give a big uh, a big shout out to two people and people might be a little bit surprised by this one but this is to me and to matt this is big star wars news yes, this is brilliant huge. more star so to wars master blywalker this is a this is a find this was a find mate on one of my days off uh a, a week or two ago Ladies and gentlemen, I watched a documentary on YouTube called Full Force, published by none other than iDubs TV on YouTube. Shout out to Look it up. Look it up because the 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 documentary focuses around a uh, a gentleman on YouTube <laughs> called Airsoft Fatty, <laughs> and we might have all seen Airsoft Fatty because. Basically, there's a clip of him that went viral of Airsoft Fatty and one of his friends playing lightsabers and Airsoft Fatty falls over and he hurts his bum and he's like shouting out that he's hurt his bum. And honestly, (laughs) this is like the best documentary I've seen in a while. Like since Louis Theroux, we are talking like... That's high praise. it's, it's, It's so good. It's so good. And the Star Wars references in this is incredible. And like Airsoft Fatty lives in like the, this middle of nowhere place, right? And him and all his friends, they all praise the Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan and Anakin fight. Like they are all going crazy about it. And that's what inspires them. If you have no idea what we're talking about and you think we sound like absolute nutters, just just Google Airsoft Fatty or YouTube Airsoft Fatty, look at that video, and then watch the documentary by Adubs TV called Full Force. It's hilarious. It will be the best 52 minutes and 55 seconds of your life. It's, it's something else. I got a message the other week from an excitable young man saying, it's a bit, watch this documentary. It's a bit long, but check it out. You won't regret it. And I, I sat down and watched it. And I think my reply was essentially, what the hell have I just watched? It was the most odd thing I've I've seen. But it was so entertaining just to watch this like, this airsoft fatty. Just how he <laughs> interacts with his mates. You was, love it. I did. It was, it, was, it. It, was, it, was, it was one of those things where you, the whole time I was sitting there thinking, this is, this is insane. But I was, I was so into it. I wanted to know what happened as what, on and on. This is the kind of documentary Nick Broomfield would have died to have made. This is uh, this is incredible stuff. And um, yeah, there's a there's there's one quote in particular that we pulled out, 
or Luke pulled out, which he particularly enjoyed, and I'll leave that to him to do. So, long story short, I think this is probably the saying that should be in every single show going forward in one way or another. Matt, punch it. I tell him not to go full force. <laughs> I told him not to go full force. <laughs> what? Full force. Yes. Yeah, what is fatty force, Matt? <laughs> right. It's something I'm going to tell you not to do. Now, Matt, do do you ever go full force? This is the question. Well, I mean, there have been times in my life where I possibly have gone full force, but it's something I'm wary of doing. Mm-hmm. Yourself, mm-hmm. are you a fan yep. of going go full on force, full force, or? I think I, I think I've been full force before. <laughs> there are there are certain people or actions that make me go full force. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, I'm quite mellow. But honestly, if you take me off, <laughs> then, mate, I'm gonna go full force on ya. You don't want to see Blimey go full beautiful. force. But honestly, fatty, honestly, we'll, we'll guys, go full force with you, mate. L- guys look up that documentary it not only is it there's star wars themes in it but the, i felt like this was one of the funniest <laughs> things i've seen in a while like it was so good it was so good but there we go it's absurdly go. entertaining in every way possible so yeah check it out we'll link to it in the show notes or in a separate post just for in a story for a bit of fun um so we're about to jump to our main discussion but i can hear in the background somebody wants to uh somebody you may have heard of wants to chuck out our little a little greeting for you, a little promo. So uh, over to you, whoever you are, mystery guest. Hey, this is Vanessa Marshall, the voice of Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. And you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. It's that Star Wars Rebels connection again, Blilo. Hey, Harrison Dula knows about Star Wars Sessions. <laughs> yes, she does. That is mental. Harrison Dula is announced in Rogue One. Someone who is in Rogue One, yeah. right? Pretty much in Rogue One and cemented in the Star Wars universe, in Star Wars Rebels and Rogue One knows about our podcast, Matt. How does that feel? It's incredible. She's such a very gracious, very polite lady and such a brilliant voice actress as well. She does so much other good so stuff. Good. But as Hera, she's so good as the mother of the Rebels gang and it just heightens my love for that show even more. <laughs> Yeah, so thank you so much, Vanessa Marshall, for the amazing message. Yeah, keep up the great work and look forward to hearing more of Hera uh, someday soon. Uh, so we're going to jump into Absolutely. our main discussion now, which uh, is all about John Williams, the maestro himself. And uh, only recently, actually, in fact, his brother, Don, who is a successful percussionist in his own right, uh, well, he was interviewed and actually brought up the subject of John Williams' work on The Rise of Skywalker. So we're going to quickly chuck in a few a minute or two of what he said because there's some very, very interesting sound bites here. John started up with another Star Wars. We started on it last week. Uh, he's got 135 minutes worth of music to write. Okay, so that kind of tells you how long the film is. Um, <laughs> it is top to bottom music. Uh, we've done four days and we've just scratched the surface. I think we've got something like 34 minutes in the can at this point. But I can tell you that every theme that you could you ever heard is going to be compiled into this last effort. 
everyone, Leia, Yoda, the Phantom, the Darth, all of it's going to be in there. And uh, in his usual style, he hides them. You got to go look for them. And you'll find them, but you'll, you got to go look for them. And then you'll be you'll be sitting there watching the film go by, and oh, there it is. There's two bars of it, and it grabs you and it takes you away. But he's he's marvelous. He's got an energy at 87 that is beyond my belief that he could stand in front of an orchestra and conduct and know all of this music, know everybody's part, where something's out of tune or not together. At 87, he can, still stands there for six hours and still conducts. You know, and I think I think that's part of his mo. I mean, he can't do he can't do it any other way. And the other thing that I can say about the film that what we're what we're doing with is we're doing a lot of this stuff to streamers, so it's it's giving it's going. And he's going to take a couple of weeks off, go to Tanglewood, and when he comes back in September, we're going to go at it and try to wrap the thing up in about a month and a half. Master Blywalker, the William the Williams Junior has said. John's got a hundred, or he says we have a hundred thirty-five minute runtime uh, to score for so two hours fifteen minutes. Uh, however, they also said he actually he's already done twenty to thirty minutes already. They also said that all the wow. themes you know and love is going to be in there, Yoda and uh, the, the, the he called it the Phantom. I'm assuming he may mean the Jewel of the Fates and the Phantom Menace. But we've got apparently got a unofficial runtime and a, and maybe unofficial word Yoda's definitely going to be in it, but. These themes are going to be in and out. But what did you think of that interview? Little tidy little so, interview. So, dude, the the first thing I got a, I got a, I I got from that is that it's John Williams, oh. right? Let that settle in. This is going to be the last Star Wars film he does music for. <laughs> I know, <laughs> genuinely. I know. But but it's going. To, I, I know it upsets me, mate. I mean, that's not to say that there's not plenty of other. Um, composers out there that that can do uh, an amazing job in the future. You know, there is. But it is, it's just, you know, it is going to be emotional. It is going to be emotional. But I can't help but notice that runtime, man. I can't help but notice. And I think, I'm not entirely sure if that means 135 minutes, right? Yep. Now, does that mean of music? Or of the film in total. The way he said it, says he's got a, they've got 135 minutes of, to score. So obviously there are moments within a film where there is no music. So it doesn't mean the film's going to be two hours, 15 minutes. Because actually, that is quite... I wouldn't say it's short for a Star Wars film, but considering recent releases, that's it wouldn't be one of the longest ones. And people, can, people are expecting this to be probably at least half an hour longer, two hours, 45 minutes maybe. So... I'd be surprised if it was two hours, 15 minutes, but I do remember they said they already started it. So whether that means they've got 135 minutes extra to score on top of the 20, 30 minutes they'd already done, because we mentioned right. that on a show a few months right. ago. So I don't know, but right. I mean, I can't see the film being two hours, 15 minutes long. If it is, I'm totally fine with that. I'm good with whatever Lucasfilm give me, but I think it's just that's just the amount of score uh, in total. Yeah, I'm... I, I, I'm not going to take this as rock solid evidence that that's going to be the times of the film. I know that probably new sources are going to going to play around with this and be like, oh, confirmed. Yeah, oh, yeah. The truth, the truth is, 
right we're in post-production right now so nothing's concrete heck they're even still doing like reshoots in black park in in the other side of london Flower, right yeah. now yeah yeah right like this month shout out to best Ben bulletin so i i don't know but either way focusing on the music and especially hinting that there's going to be we're, we're going to hear familiar beats from everything from the whole <laughs> saga not only does that tell me that we're gonna have we, we're gonna hear beats from everything we're gonna have hints from different characters different themes from old characters uh, to new characters it tells me that this film really is like they are not kidding when they say this is it this is tying up the whole saga mm-hmm. For me, it just confirms that the, the music is one of the most important things of uh, and important ways of telling a Star Wars story. Yeah. You know, George Lucas put so much emphasis on the music because it, it pretty much tells half the, half the story. You know, you take music out of Star Wars, it's not as good. It's really mm-hmm. not as good. And you can watch those scenes on YouTube, like people do like wicked edits. You're all of, not to it, yeah. Star- yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's incredible when 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 you you realize you do how can i put this we, the music is seamless it's like it's belonged there the whole time mm-hmm. but when you take it away you're like oh damn that really is missing because without it it is just a really weird space film <laughs> <laughs> but but it's true and and there are so many there are so many absolute bangers in the star wars saga and if we get hints of that, just like in the Phantom Menace, the song at the end um, hints to the to the Emperor's yeah. thing. You know, if we get things like that in the Rise of Skywalker, that tells me that we really are going to have storylines that are connected to the previous films, and this isn't just going to be an end chapter where all of our characters just win and that's it. There's going to be more to this. Does that make sense? I'm, no, I'm probably no, no, not no, it does. No, it does. Well yeah, enough, that's but... why I don't think it's going to be two hours, fifteen minutes long, because that's still a long time for a film. But considering that they keep saying they being JJ and uh, Chris Terrio and Ray, uh, sorry Daisy Ridley, she has a name, John Boyega, and everybody else is saying this is going to tie everything up, and we're going to connect all nine films. It's going to feel like a closing chapter of nine film saga. Two hours, fifteen minutes doesn't seem mm-hmm. very long in which to do. That. I mean, he had. Um, Avengers Endgame was three hours long, but that tied up twenty what twenty twenty one films over ten years. Fine, and that was three hours long. Yeah. So I mean, Star Wars only eight uh, eight other films to tie up. However, you know, there's, there could potentially be a lot to get in because there's still a few, quite a few questions unanswered, and obviously there's going to be new questions raised which need answering. So, but yeah, in terms of the music, yeah, that, that's exactly what we're here to speak about. Um, the music and. Also, John Williams is going on holiday soon. Shout out to where you're going on holiday, wherever that may be. And he's coming back to finish off <laughs> in September. So by by the end of September, by October, and that we are going to have a completed score in the can, which is just it, it's, it most, one of the most exciting things for me is his score. So I can't wait to see what he gives us. But yeah, we had to talk about the music of Star Wars, the legacy of uh, John Williams. So we're going to talk about... Um, how important, as Luke's has been alluding to, is music to Star Wars and its impact on the saga and us. You know, the legacy that John Williams has yeah. left for us. Also, just obviously give a shout out to the other composers of In the Galaxy. And then we're going to drop our top five pieces of Star Wars music as well. So, uh, well, to Luke, you've, you've just started. So, 
In terms of music, yeah, no, that's no, no, good. In terms of Star Wars and music, how just how important is it? Because you mentioned that without it, they're just it's just a film. I've already started this conversation. Again, my apologies, no, but you know, you know me. I get ahead <laughs> of myself. I don't I can't You're stop never chatting stop about the wars. But listen, like the the music is so vital to the story. It's so vital to the saga. Um, and it's not until you you take it away that you realise what you've lost. You don't know where you get till it's gone. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's see what, dude? We need to start a band. That's <laughs> so we've got airsoft Matty and Blylow like, in. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's absolutely do it. Um, but the, the music is so vital. And let's be honest with ourselves. How many times as Star Wars fans or as film fans? Have we sat at our desk or walked along the road and just been thinking, like humming a Star Wars tune to ourselves? Far and then realised, oh, I'm humming. Dude, it's so much. Especially that time leading up to seeing a Star Wars film. Yes. Mate, it's so special. And that just goes to show how powerful music is. It's, it's always going to be in, in the back of your mind right yeah, yeah. it's always a memory that you're you're going to have and i think that there's music especially from the prequel trilogy that just takes me back to the um early noughties playing playing the phantom menace video game um playing star wars battlefront the first one that came out in like 2004 yep. whenever it was five, yeah four or five yeah it's, and Mate, it's just that nostalgia. It, 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 music is so powerful at stirring up emotions. And listen, you can tell I'm not I'm not a musical guy. Like I can't play an instrument. Sadly, I wish I could, but I, I can't. And but I love music. I love music. My Spotify playlists are huge. <laughs> and uh, I, I obviously we're biased, right? But if you if you look on Spotify as as an example at John Williams, he who has a Spotify account, you can see all of or listen to all of his music on there, um, from ET to Jaws to to Star Wars. Guess what the most listened to song is? Um, the main theme of Star Wars. I, I would have thought that too. I would have thought that too. Um, it's it's Jewel of Fates. Really interesting yeah, it's jewel of fate i know it's jewel of fates that is the top song that comes up Not actually let me i was i was just looking at this before the podcast i was actually doing a cheeky bit of cooking and mm. i was listening to the star wars uh lots of uh different star wars soundtracks on shuffle what a um but yeah i know what a lad but i looked at john williams yeah currently on 33 or just under 34 million <sighs> streams um jewel of fates on spotify and that's not taken into considering all the youtube um hits and all the other streaming services that's just on spotify um but yeah jewel of fates jewel of fates Uh, that song on its own just brings back so many memories and me playing as a kid with like the other kids on the street (laughs) with like lightsabers and sticks and literally you not only are we making the lightsaber noises i remember all of us doing the oh, oh. Yeah, the, the choir yeah the choral bits here oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely banging it's uh there's nothing like it mate there's nothing like well, it mate well you get music you get some school film scores complement the scenes and you get some that enhance the scenes and what john williams manages to do 
majority of the time, but especially in Star Wars, is he enhances the movies, which is incredible to think that music can actually make a film like these that we love better. You take the music out or you or you change a composer and suddenly everything feels different. His music adds so much what, depth and emotion and also just adventure. Some of the themes, some of the, um, like the asteroid field and that, the adventure in that kind of song. And I mean, Jewel of Fates is just mm. mind-blowingly epic when that came it's out. It's so Just good. thinking about it's... it now with that uh, Maul and Obi-Wan and Qui- uh, Bligon battle and Padme and... <laughs> you corrected yourself I had there, to, yeah. <laughs> Padme and all those other fellas um, trying to get to, try, 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 trying to storm the palace and, everything, and Anakin in the sky. There's so much wicked stuff going on. And um, during the pre- actually doing the prequels meant that John Williams could sprinkle in the familiar themes. We've just been speaking about that. In, in these new uh, compositions to set up the story, because we all knew episode four, five, and six, it's already been out, it'd been out for decades. John Williams knew that, so going back to do the prequels, he could now add a little bit of spice to those themes by adding in themes and motifs, which we already knew as the audience, to sort of set up this um, foreboding or foretelling nature. So he's he's a storyteller, and he really is. And just just a legacy he's had, not I mean, just on film. I mean, you've got Jaws, Harry Potter, Home Alone, Schindler's List, E.T., Superman, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, Star Wars, of course. That hook, there's so many films that he's done, even he's still going recently, things like The Post and that. His legacy on film is unrivaled. He's had 51 Oscar nominations, 51 Oscar nominations, the last one being The Last Jedi. And I'm, I'm willing to bet, if I was a betting man, wow. I'm willing to bet good money, which I haven't got, that he, that he will make it 52 with <laughs> The Rise of Skywalker. Um, I mean, he's been going since the 50s, but he's just as responsible, I think, for the popularity of Star Wars as George Lucas or any of the actors. Star Wars, uh, it's not the same. It, without George Lucas, there is no Star Wars. Without John Williams, there is no Star Wars as we know it. It's just another Flash Gordon space opera. It's What he's bought is something which is unrivaled. And I listen to, uh, whenever I'm reading one of the books... I always put uh, put my Spotify on or something. Other music streams are available. I always put it on and listen to the Star Wars soundtracks in the background if I'm not listening to the audiobooks, just to get that feeling because every song or every score gives something different. There's so much to find, so layered, there's so much depth, so much timber to all of his music, and I'm getting excited just thinking about it. But And all this is leading up to whatever he's going to give us in The Rise of Blywalker, and it's only... What four months away? You know, just just over four months away. So, yeah, basically, without John Williams, we don't have this space up for which we're doing a podcast about. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more, mate. I really, really couldn't agree more. Like the the Star Wars saga is so special, and you you hit the nail on the head. That's because of so many people, so many people. But also, he's so consistently good. Yeah. He is so consistently good. How has that guy come up with like the themes? <laughs> Where does he get it from? I don't get well, it. I, fu- I really I fu- don't I get it. I think about that so often when I'm in the car, for example. Is how do you come up with all these different? Just for one film, how do you come up with these different pieces? Let alone like fifty-one Oscar-nominated scores. Absolutely, and it's one thing to see something and create it. I'm a very visual person. Mm. But to, to to imagine new sounds, and not just new sounds, new new stories that connect with this music and 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 tell stories in their own right. It's just 
it's really really so magical so magical and he really is he really is the master of it but he's he's inspired so many different people from children to, to adults john williams mixed in with amazing filmmakers like george lucas like jj abrams you know bring grown men to tears in in a cinema it's amazing really it's special it's only going to happen again in december i think as well but i mean it's just like you say everything everything he seems to touch works and i can't fathom i play my i play guitar i can uh, compose a song for one instrument a beat a beat i can compose a spicy spicy jam for one instrument <laughs> John Williams is there for, he's got like a hundred and something different instruments and he's got to think about that all in his head. So he's doing his, uh, he's waving his wand, if you will, and then he's got to think, oh, actually, why don't we have that one over there a little bit louder? Or why don't we have some tremolo or something over there? Or, oh, that horn could be louder. Thinking about all these, all these plates spinning. I mean, it takes, it takes someone special. And obviously there's so many other composers who are magnificent, but obviously with the breadth of which Williams' career has taken him and his work with Steven Spielberg, especially as well. And George Lucas, two titans of cinema, is unrivaled. And I mean, like his brother said, is eighty-seven years old, but he can still stand up in front of these guys for six hours, composing them hours, just hours of composing and putting his heart and soul in every day. And listen, this is—he's come out and said that sadly, this is his last Star Wars score. We understandable, obviously he's he's eighty-seven. He's probably going to want some downtime eventually. But you got to think he's gonna. He's obviously going to do his best every time, but you've got to think he's going to yeah. come up with something special for this final outing. Yeah. I mean, that, that fight between Kylo and Rey in the rain, just imagine the score for that. Oh. I cannot <laughs> wait for The Rise of Skywalker. This is going to be a really special film for so many different reasons, but I cannot wait to hear the music. And I think... If you listen over to the sequel trilogy and and the new films, but the, the sequel trilogy in particular, because we're talking about Williams at the moment. At first, I wasn't as sold on the sequel music as much as I was the original so prequels. But I think I think that's all to do with familiarity. Mm-hmm. You know, you get more used to things, and when you listen back to the soundtracks on their own, like there are some gold mines in the Last Jedi, yeah. which. You know, I, I'm in Acto Island. Mm-hmm. That music in, in The Last Jedi is incredible. Of the spark it's and stuff like that. In, it's, it's incredible. The music is phenomenal. Um, and that's all thanks to John Williams. We, we really are fortunate to have such talent in, in uh, our favourite saga. Yeah, I, I, I was the same as well. When I first heard the Force Awakens soundtrack and The Last Jedi, I did dislike it, but you know, it, it, it did nothing seemed apart from Ray's theme, for example. Nothing seemed to jump I out. Love Ray's we love theme. that. Nothing seemed to jump out, but I think it is because of that familiarity. And of course, John Williams is learning. He's he, he's he's oh, he's ever learning. His sound is progressing. So this, the obviously this, what what we got on the Force Awakens wasn't going to sound like a carbon copy of what we got in. I don't know, the Phantom Menace or the Empire Strikes Back because he's developed and grown as a musician, as a creative person, a genius, if you will. Obviously, everybody has to... Uh, practice makes perfect and practice makes you grow. So it sounds better. It's a development. And something like March of the Resistance with all the horns blaring, you're not going to hear that in um, mm-hmm. something like... You're not going to hear that in the Empire Strikes Back, like I say, or the Phantom Menace because it would, first it wouldn't fit the music, but 
that wasn't where he was at then. He's at the p- top point of his career now. We can make these kind of songs and even things like the Falcon from the Force Awakens. I really, really love that little ditty. But um, yeah, the Last Jedi that was uh, that is something else because when you go to listen to listen to it without the film. It takes on this whole new sort of level and depth. And even things like the Canto Bite song, it's got this real kind of old school, old film, old casino feel to it. And I really, really um, dig it more than I thought I did. So, and yeah, like you mentioned, things like Act 2 Island, um, I mentioned the Spark. And even going back to The Force Awakens, the final song, the, the, the Jedi Steps and the finale oh, is incredible. Don't. When she's going up those steps, don't man, to see start. Luke. Whoa. I mean. The Jedi Steps. Oh. In the cinema, that one time in the cinema, oh my days, that was good. out, and you don't know what's going to happen. Well, you do, but you don't know how it's going to happen. She's going to find Master Blywalker, but what's going to happen? And then just the way it hits that crescendo, it's just incredible. And I'm hopefully going to go to Skelly Garland one day soon, and I want to make that step up if possible, and I'm gonna, I'd love to have that soundtrack in my ears when I'm walking the island. Oh, don't, don't. I, do, do you know what I think? Uh, sessions, uh, sessions squad holiday. Yeah, all up for that. It's only cost a pond from us, man. Get on the ferry, mate. It's so doable as well, isn't it? It's cheap enough. It's to get, so doable. Take your car, get on the ferry from some, you just from know in Wales. The, 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 they they are like milking that. They are milking that. You know, like the local tourism. Yeah. They'd be like, yeah, got to be done, isn't it? Got to be done. Come see where Luke Skywalker lived. Uh, go and see that to us, not even now. I'm not even going to do the Irish accent <laughs> live on air. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I, oh, I love it. It's quite. like a little boat trip over there. Walk the island, see the puffins or the porks. Uh, go and have a pint of Guinness or something. And then in the Skywalker bar, there's got to be, because the one where Mark Hamill pulled his pint and had a drink. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Come join us, well up Come on, yeah. I'm well up for that. But, of course, people, it's not just John Williams in Star Wars nowadays, and it's not going to be after Episode Nine. Of course. Um, we've, for Rogue One, we've had Michael Giacchino, which Matt's already mentioned, who did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. For Solo, we've had John Powell, who, again, he did a good job. And Kevin Kiner in The Clone Wars and Rebels, which I think is an underdog out of all of those. You know, kind of a, a little bit of an unsung hero I think sometimes. You're yeah, because some of the scores in the Clone Wars and Rebels are fantastic. They're distinctly Star Wars, but they're 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 different. And uh, yeah, they they they've all done an amazing job. But particularly, I love the Rogue One soundtrack. Oh, you know, I love that. I remember when that came out, people were people were you know dropping it down, saying this isn't. I don't like the soundtrack. It doesn't feel like Star Wars. It's or it's, I didn't like it. And I've, I know so many people since. Um, I've gone on record and said, actually, you know, giving it time to absorb and listen to it with and without the film, it's amazing. And I think Giacchino did a fabulous job because he got enough of himself in there, plus yes. the classic Williams feel as well. And there's so yes. much good stuff. And we all know your favourite um, from Jeddah with that wonderful uh, instrument they use, which uh, the uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted you to do that again. <laughs> yeah. And I, do, I like John so Powell's good. score. John Powell's score is growing to me for solo. There's some great man- moments on that soundtrack, and there's and there's some moments on there which are a little bit left, a little bit out there as well. Some sort of crazy um, chanting kind of stuff, which is really cool when they get to Savarine and places like that. But there's some really nice moments um, in there which we may which may hear from yeah, later on. Yeah, there as well. is another. That's that was really unusual, actually, wasn't it? The what the track in Savarine, what you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, it's like, ah, ah, 
<laughs> Very cool. Of Ennio Morricone for your film fans out there. It's got a lot of his vibe to it. But um, yeah, I know a lot of people love John Powell's score. Now I admit I need to go back and listen to it a few more times because it's probably the one I listen to the least. But not because I don't yeah. like it, but I'm just something about the other ones just grabs me more. But I'm going to go back and listen to John Powell's work. But um, I I like the score from what I've heard, and John Williams contributed uh, The Adventures of Han, so Han's theme. He said he wanted to write it, and John Powell graciously said, of course you can, because uh, John Williams had written themes for everybody else apart from Han, so he wrote that. Yep. But, no, and yeah, Kevin Connor, I, I agree. I know we've got Ludwig Göransson writing The Mandalorian, who's a Oscar-winning um, composer, but I would have loved to have seen Kevin Connor have a, been given a shot, because his work on the animation is brilliant, and I'd love to see Lucasfilm just give him... A bit more to do, you know, make get him out of there a bit more because some of his work is so many, so, so many incredible pieces within those episodes. And I mean, like you said, we're going to get different composers going forward now. No idea who they who they could be, but from what we've got so far, I don't think we have to worry because Williams' legacy and it's what John Williams has laid down has influenced these guys. And there's they're putting their own stamp on yes. it, but there's an undeniable John Williams feel flavor throughout. Yeah, he's the Jedi Master, isn't he? He's the Grand Master. He's yeah. That... He is the Senate. Yeah, yeah. If we could just get John Williams saying that once, that would be brilliant. His, his his wand is his lightsaber. He is the Senate. Let's make it happen. Right. Well, John Williams, if you're not, you know, you're not listening. If you are, send us a voice voice message. Just tell us you're the Senate, and then you know that would be it for us. We we will never top that moment. Um. So ironic. Yeah, ironic. We've been going on now about the <laughs> about the. Music and we've been trying to, we've been treading water and mentioning little bits here and there and names and oh maybe we like this maybe we like that let's crack on so we're gonna sort of nail down alternating our top five pieces of Star Wars music I've gone for five or we've gone for five because three's too little ten's obviously too much we haven't got we haven't got oodles of time but five is quite a nice little number so Master Bly will, are, are they for you are these in any order or are they just I I dude. Five isn't enough. No, it's Long not. story short, it's not enough. Because as well, like, I I changed my mind. Just like I, with the films, you, you can you can kind of arrange a list. And even then, uh, your bottom one might change around. Your top mm-hmm. ones might change around. I'm just saying me because that happens all the time for, mm-hmm. for myself. Um, but it, it really is hard with the tracks. Because The Phantom Menace, for example, not one of my favourite Star Wars films at all, really. It hovers around the mm-hmm. bottom. But it gets a lot of nostalgia points for me. But I, t- I tell you what, when it comes to music as a whole, I think that the two episodes that stand out to m- for me are The Phantom Menace and The Empire Strikes Back. Interesting. The, the, Phantom, the music in The Phantom Menace is unbelievable. It's incredible and so well thought out. And you could really tell how much effort had gone into it. Like really tell. And that's not to say that the effort doesn't go into the, to the others, but yeah, you could really tell that this was a new era and John Williams was experimenting with that. You know, you, it, almost at the end of Return of the Jedi, you can kind of tell John Williams is getting a little bit more experimental with different instruments, mm-hmm. Um, and using like a uh, what's what's the word like a choir yeah, yeah. almost I guess like voices and whatnot. Uh, excuse my ignorance with the terminology, <laughs> guy. <laughs> <It's a bad. laughs> um, 
Yeah, but you can tell by the end of Return of Jedi, he's experimenting a little bit more of that. But I feel like we get like full, like a creative John Williams in the Phantom Menace. Jewel of Fates is my first shout out because it's just, it's pretty much faultless. It's unbelievable, and for the nostalgia points, <laughs> it's a massive tune as well. It's a yeah. Big old song. All right, let's do it then. So yeah, Jewel of Fates for Luke. Let's. I mean, do, do firstly, do you have like a number one? Do you have like a solidified number one? I. Or, or like one which you I, could say you potentially would happily put in the top for now. I for for the top for now, it just has to be. It has to be the main theme. Interesting. Has to be the main theme, um, because it's so. It just makes me feel real happy. I know it sounds it sounds a little daft, but yeah. it just makes me feel great. It's that feeling of, oh, I'm watching a Star Wars film. There's nothing like it, man. There's nothing like it. Come after that but even, even then, even then, it's so hard to rank them. I think like with the Rebels moments uh, on our, our last show, um, I think with this, I'm just going to name the ones that really – come out from from my heart i'm, I'm gonna name these so, work it. so right I've, now, I've got I've... I've got five and i'm quite happy to put them in a kind of floating order oh okay so we'll more. start from the so i've named i know I've, well, I know I've already named two but jewel of the fates and the main theme which isn't a bad start is it oh no it's a mental start and that just goes to show how tough this is i'll give you two of mine then um, going from the from the bottom, but again, is it the bottom? Is Anakin's theme from the Phantom Menace? You just mentioned the Phantom Menace. It's uh, I love that theme. It's just a beautiful. They got the beautiful strings, and it's it's like uh, how do I put it? Like young hope and this like, like sense of tragedy at the same time. It doesn't ever really. It's expressive, but never actually goes too big. Um, and because there's always this foreboding sort of sense lurking behind it, because you get the marvelous way that he sprinkles in. The Imperial March Vader's theme into it, just little, just little sprinkles of it. It's catchy. It's and this is something that's probably our, me, you, or somebody will probably mention again. But when it gets to its highest, it's really reminiscent of the classic scores from the Golden Age of Hollywood. So Anakin's theme is for me, it's a classically Williams-sounding tracks, full-on strings led. So Anakin's theme from The Phantom Menace and um, from Rogue One. Speaking about Giacchino, is uh, your father would be proud. I've gone for. Um, for me, it's impossible oh, to hear. Nice. I know I can't not hear it now without thinking of the end of Rogue One, where Jin's transmitted a plan, sh- plans. She and Cassian are hobbling off to their death. The rebellion have the plans. Uh, the Death Star and Vader arrive, and then of course Jin and Cassian are no more. It's a real emotional track. It swells up to this big old epic finale, but in between, in the middle, is this kind of like melancholy, sad middle section. Basically, it's just oh. beautiful. And when I hear it, all I can think of. You may fire when ready. Um, sir, we're detecting a massive object entering from hyperspace and prepare a boarding oh, dude. party. It's a magnificent track. Dude, I just got, I just got like shivers. It's just, when you think about it, there's so much going on in like three minutes. Rogue One, mate. We did not realise when we, when we saw that film even in cinema, we did not realise what we were in for. <laughs> so you good, know, that, that That film is just... It just gets better and better with age as well. It does. Oh, you're making this so hard. <laughs> this is so hard. 
That's two oh, down. You, you've mentioned something I didn't even consider. Well, we've got main theme, Jewel of the Fates, Anakin's theme, and your father would be proud. Not bad for a start of a 10. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. What have we got next, um, mate? I'm I'm going to say the Jedi steps. Ooh. The end. I know we've already mentioned it. The end of the Force Awakens, and it leads into the final song, the credits, just so wonderfully. Um, but oh, it's just a combination of different music and the power. I can just see when I listen to that song. I can see the imagery of 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 Ray just like giving out the lightsaber, handing it to Luke. Luke's face just looking at her the, the emotion in it the build-up to that moment oh man it's just magical it's so incredible oh, so I incredible loved that bit in the cinema like everything everything you've just said was true uh counteracting what luke said in the last said everything you've just said was correct just everything about it the way it just just the way she fight the ray goes up those steps and she sees this hooded bloke staring out into the ocean and then the very slowly turned around you're like this is the moment we've been waiting for and the music starts swelling and it's just incredible how they managed to just convey so much with music and music is probably the best mm. form of mm. expression but man that's a that's a hell of a shout oh mate thank you it's the like i said this has just been so hard this has been so hard. Well, I see your Jedi steps, and I'm going to raise you Yoda's theme. I'm going to go... Oh, mate. Do you know what it is? Because it's a word you've said. It's not execution. Drink. It's nostalgia. <laughs> it, the nostalgia. Is that the first time this show we've said execution? I think it is. I think it That's is. That's the second time. Oh, man. We're letting you guys down. We'll, we'll get you guys hammered by the end of the show. Um, but you mentioned nostalgia, and the, the amount that fuels this piece is <laughs> insane. It immediately takes me yeah. back to being a kid again. It's uh, it's a real magical sounding piece of music. It's fantastical. It's it actually sounds wise if that makes sense. It's got like a real wisdom to it. It sounds playful. We got the flutes and the clarinets, and it perfectly matches Yoda's character. And when it played during the Last Jedi, that was such a moment. You got the big screen, the big sound system, and it just felt like I was a kid once one more time. And the prequels used this tune so well. And things like things like Yoda and the younglings, they weaved it in brilliantly. And I'll tell you honestly, every single time I hear it, every single time, it honestly it brings a smile to my face. It really does. I don't know what it is. It takes me back to some time many moons ago when I was a nipper, but it brings a smile to my face every time I hear Yoda's theme. So Empire Strikes Back and Beyond. Yoda's theme is just it's one of those that, like you said, it's just it's so truly Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that sounds like a stupid thing to say because this is all Star Wars, but it's just so unmistakably star star wars you know and that's what i think with these new films has been amazing like we've heard new um themes like ray's theme and um kylo ren's theme and it's like yeah that's star wars and yet it's new it's so like the the science behind that and this and the feeling behind that is just uh, you know it goes beyond my what i can comprehend it's so good it's so good one more score soundtrack to come so uh, we got next then. I've got two more. So what do you have? Yeah. So okay, I'm really struggling. You've you've said Yoda's theme, so that was actually <laughs> in my list. But I'm Sorry. not. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to just repeat and steal what, what you've said. If anything, it's given me an opportunity to spice it up. Um, I'm going to say Ray's theme. Mate. Oh yes, yes, yes. I love Ray's theme, and I feel like it's a really versatile theme. It can be kind of like 
like put into lots of different uh, um, and woven into lots of different pieces of music. Yeah. Does that make no, sense? It does, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's oh mate, it's incredible. <laughs> oh yes, that's it. Yeah, we should do a dubstep remix of it. That's it. <laughs> filth, absolute filth. But there we go. Um, yeah, raise steam, and it's. It's just the sequel trilogy. It reminds me of the sequel trilogy. It reminds me of Ray as a character, like getting off um, of that starship that's crashed into Jakku and then going down the the sands. The hit, the hit. Oh, mate, it's just. It's so 2015. Yeah. It's incredible. It takes me back to 2015, a heavy days, man. It really does. It really does. It really does. Absolutely adore it. I love Ray as a character anyway. And again, I can't wait to see what JJ does with his character, essentially. It's his character in The Rise of Skywalker. John Williams himself said he's staying on to do The Last Jedi and The Rise of Blywalker because he didn't want anyone else composing music for Daisy Ridley. And this character, he yeah. became besotted by her and by Daisy. I mean, why wouldn't you? She's, she seems so lovely. And the character of Ray and, I don't know, just the woodwinds and the strings and the flutes. It's just like a real, again, it's got a real like nice hop to it, hoppy hop sound to it. And it just sounds incredible. Like you mentioned, that scene which is coming down the, the sand slope is just amazing. When you first hear it, and it does take me back to the cinema and wide eyes. And I mentioned it again, that big screen experience. And you think, this is amazing. And it's one of those themes which, again, I can listen to again and again and again. And when you hear it pop up in other little um, other compositions, it just fits so well. And Ray's theme is Couldn't a banger from the sequel trilogy. It's one of the best themes Williams has written. I can't wait to hear what he does with The Rise of Skywalker. I really can't wait to hear. And I think we're probably going to get like a beefed out Ray theme in there somewhere. I think we, I think it'll be in sure. that fight between her and Kylo in the rain. I think we're going to get a like a proper epic race theme and they're going to and they're going to mix it with Kylo's theme somehow or something to create like this like Raylo theme, I've said it or something. I think that's when we're going to get this, <laughs> you know, proper like powerful Ray theme. I think so. Again, it's all yeah. pure conjecture at the minute. No, I, I couldn't agree more, mate. It's going to be special. What have I gone for next? Second penultimate one was uh, Throne Room and End Title from A New Hope. Oh! You're in the medal ceremony. So again, it's another nostalgia bomb. Right from the end of A New Hope, you get that med- triumphant medal ceremony for the heroes. Yes. It's backed by an yes. even more triumphant score. And again, when those strings start doing their little dance and playing that beautiful little tune, dee, 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 that one, and the horns start up yes, and the cymbals yeah. start crashing, it brings back that warm, happy feeling. It's just epic, it is, and it's just those childhood memories once again. And of course, it then leads into the binary sunset and the, the iconic end credits. What a way to end the first part of the journey all that time ago. And I can listen to this all day, and I do find myself listening to this song very regularly, there was a, there's a version on uh, YouTube, Dudamel, um, John Williams' kind of preferred composer, in a tribute concert to John Williams. And the orchestra he leads on that, in front of the maestro himself, is absolutely like astounding how good it is. And just to be in that room would have been something else. So every time I hear that, especially when, it, especially when that cute little ditty comes in after about a minute or two, it just takes me back again and... Think, you know, thinking about Luke mm. smiling at the princess, Han winking at the princess, and just that moment. 
And again, even in the Rise of Skywalker trailer, we see it looks like Leia's hand holding the medal from that ceremony. It just takes you back again to the little moments that take you back. And then it makes me think of this song once again. And Throne Room and End Title is one of John Williams' finest, finest compositions of the lot for me. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's, a great, that's a great choice, mate. That's a fantastic choice. And again, it's so hard to squeeze because we, we could sit here and talk for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on just a couple songs or just oh, no. the scoring for like one film, you know. Um, so, yeah, this this is this has been this hasn't been easy. I just want to give a quick shout out. This is my final one. Go on. Then. Right. I've got one. But more as well. You know, with me, you know, with me, it's not actually my final one because I always do a cheeky shout out and I'm going to do a cheeky shout out to the two Final songs of the films, right? So, okay. the is it Augie's Municipal Band yeah. or something? Yes, it from the So good. Um, the end of the Phantom Menace. I adore that song. And again, it's the. It reminds me of that time of me being really young, listening to that song, hearing it in the cinema, hearing it on my VHS and then the DVD of the Phantom Menace. It's just, it's fantastic. Really, really fond memories of, of those times. And the, and the song's fantastic. And I just want to give us another great ending song. Shout out to the victory celebration. Not Yup Nub. I love Yup Nub, but I adore the victory celebration. I'm surprised it took you so long to mention it. Do these songs, they are the feel-good songs of the Star Wars music library, right? It's just, oh, they just are songs you can get down to. <laughs> Absolutely love them. Absolutely love them. But the victory celebration, do, 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 it's incredible. Sounds Best. just like the soundtrack as well. <laughs> um, I know. Hire me, Lucasfilm. But yeah, no. No, I was going to say something similar. I'm getting sidetracked. I was going to say, get him on for his impression. So this isn't this isn't my number one. Really? Song, right? Because I, I, no, well, no, because I've not, I've not like done it this in order. I couldn't put them in order. Everything I've mentioned, but the last one I am going to mention is Binary Sunset. Oh, of course. Because you get you get me on the right day. And I'll watch that scene and I can I can feel so emotional. I can come close to like tearing up because it's so beautiful. The music's just so it tells you a story and it gives you a narrative without anyone saying a word. Without one person saying a word. On. And that's amazing. That's the power of music. When you can convey something like that without word words, I mean you've done your job. Yes, more. couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more, mate. But there we go. There. Who who hasn't looked out into the suns before and dreamt of a better, better I've dreamt of the adventure? So we've got Victory Celebration, Augie's Municipal Band, which is a crazy shout, and Binary Sunset, the the one probably the most one of the most iconic scores of of, of all time. I think everybody knows That's, that score. And this is all without mentioning. Oh well, I'll let you mention your your next one first. Actually, Sharbluk. Uh, no, well, I don't know. I don't think this is really one, one of the ones you mentioned. It may have been, but um, mine is. I think I've mentioned this before on other shows, uh, episodes. My number one is still across the stars from Attack of the Clones. It's a uh, wow. beautiful yearning ode to forlorn love, tragic hope. It's such a majestic piece of, awesome piece of music, and this this is the throwback 
to the golden age of Hollywood. It's a love ballad. It's full of those sweeping strings and the angelic harp. Uh, I just love how it starts off slowly. The atmosphere slowly rises to this like stirringly emotional crescendo. Again, it reminds me of being young, like you've mentioned, and watching Attack of the Clones. It's the perfect song for a big, epic, dramatic space opera because it is in itself just that. It's big, epic, dramatic. And whatever people may think of Attack of the Clones, it's hard to argue, I think, against the power and the quality of this track. It just... It's such a stirring, emotional track. And it, it's so, again, it says so much. And of course, there's no words to it, but it says so much about words. And it's just amazing, I think. So, number one for me is, across, it has been for a long time, is Across the Stars. Oh, mate, I I wasn't expecting that, actually. But I do remember you mentioning, you've mentioned this a few times. And it's, there's so many beautiful tracks in, in the Star Wars saga. I mean, we've not even mentioned Leia's theme. We've not mentioned Battle of the Heroes. No. We, like, oh. there's so many. There are so many songs. And My head's we, going mad trying to think of more. Mate, it's mental. But I guess, I guess that's why we've got other people's opinions too. I think so. Should we, uh, should we enter the, can- the Bantina once more, shall we? <laughs> I love, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Matt has put this into our show notes. <laughs> like brackets, the Bantina. The Bantina. Love it. Yeah, let's step let's, in, mate. Let's, let's step in. push those doors open. Here we go into the Bantina. It's busy again. Hey, it looks that werewolf guy over there. Uh, bartender, two best bin beers, please. In, is that Yubnub? Anyway, it doesn't matter about that. Um, so you've heard our <laughs> thoughts and maybe you agree or maybe you disagree. So we put the question out to you guys, the best listeners in the galaxy, and you told us your favourite music from Star Wars. So we've condensed them down and this is what you said. Take us away, Master B. Yeah, you guys did an amazing job. So first up, we got Mike8420 who said, I love a lot of the stuff from the prequels, but it's hard to choose. John Williams is a legend. Agreed. Straight up. Monkey Jerry. The scores from The Phantom Menace and The Clone Wars are my personal favourites. Yeah, absolutely. Up next, we've got Snicked87, Imperial Scummer, Renegade 6 Killer. Those guys all went for... The, the asteroid field from Empire Strikes Back. And then Ant Shop first wants Orgy's Crepe Municipal Band as the first dance song at his <laughs> wedding. Yes, well, mate. Lad. Wait, mate, record that, YouTube it. It'll go viral straight up. Yeah, but we, can, we, can we come just to see that? And then we'll go. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, Donnie we, G- we can do a live podcast from the wedding. That'd be amazing. We wouldn't want that. We wouldn't want that at their wedding. We'll dress up in our tuxes. We, you know, we'll rock it. <laughs> <laughs> We're just inviting ourselves to somebody's wedding. Donnie Jeep pulled out some pulled out some big hitters, including Padme's Ruminations, Where the Sun Sails and the Moon Walks from Rebels, Deep Cut, Jin Erso and Hope Sweet from Rogue One, and Lando's Closet from Solo, which is a little, nice little tune, that. Nice, nice choices. Up next, regular listener Eric Eilerson went with Flying with Chewie from Solo, whilst Donnie Jeep and Norhal Kula decided on Ahsoka Leaves from The Clone Wars. Ooh, first little Clone Wars mention, like it. It is, and we've got some suck-up bit more Solo love as well. Um, Ali Andrews, legend, went with Sabine's theme from Rebels, which we mentioned in the last show, I love that. And Jester Hud dropped in Yub nub. Yub nub. Um, up next, we've got Snicked87, who's thrown Maul and Savage, Jewel Palpatine from the Clone Wars. And Gabrielle87 went with the Clash of Lightsabers from the Empire Strikes Back. Great choices. 
Look at these legends. Donny Jeep, Daniel Thorpe, Norhal Quayer, Emrys from Girls with Sabres. Good show. They all chose, of course, Across the Stars. And the Norhal also added, your father would be proud from Rogue One. So she has some considerable Ooh, another one. Another one. Another one. Uh, up next, the Force Losers that. podcast. Big shout out. Uh, James Rowe and Captain Peanut decided on Battle of the Heroes from Revenge of the Sith. Great choices. There is, there is, there is. The main theme got some love from Joshua Blumel and Don Papagni. Beautiful. Uh, regular listener and Ukrainian legend, Old Iranian Rose, the trivia champion, said Kanan's end credits from Rebels and mm. Kevin and Sean Kiner's work is what the future of Star Wars music should be. Classic John Williams mixed with original scores that still have the Star Wars essence. The Kiner's work in Rebels rivals the films. Kanan's end credits is right there with Leia's, Leia's theme and your father would be proud. Great choice. Great choice, Rose. That is, we dropped Kanan's end credit in the little quick little shout out in the last show. I love, love that. So it's only a short piece, but it's, it's so emotional. Check it out if you haven't heard it. Speaking of which, Donnie Jeep, Norhal, and Procrastinator all chose Leia's theme. Yeah, great choice. Yoda's theme was number one for Obi Don Kenobi, Procrastinator, Geek Carl, and Sacred Something by Kara, who said it stops her in her tracks. I can hear that. Uh, Obi-Dan Kenobi again, legend. Donnie Jeep, Norhal Quello again, Sacred Something by Kara and Geek Carl also went for race theme. Yeah, fantastic. It's a banger. Um, Brock Bellinger, Donnie Jeep, James Rowe, Lewis Sop, and Fly on the Wall podcast went dark with the Imperial March. Dum, dum, dilly, dum, dilly, dally, dum. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, Blake Richard Gutierrez, Nargo Norhal, uh, Snicked 87, Don Papagni, and Julian Kwatinski decided on. The binary sunsets. Fantastic, fantastic. The most popular, though, was chosen by Donny Jeep, Aikman, James Rose, Snicked 87, Mark Jerome, Captain Peanut, Emery's from Girls with Sabres, and James Genta, amongst many others, who said Jewel of Fates was their number one. You cannot argue with that. We didn't even mention that. Uh, and just before we go on anywhere else, finally, Mr. Witch simply said... All of it. So, oh, yeah. that's the best way. That's, that would have... Well, we should have just said that from the start. That would have cut us a lot of time. Yeah, but it's enough of this chatter, rubbish. <laughs> all of it. We like all of it. Uh, yeah, Jewel of the Fates was your number one. There were so many other people who chose that. And we did touch upon it at the beginning, but Jewel of the Fates, I mean, I've mentioned months ago that put that on when you're on the running machine at the gym or the treadmill and suddenly, suddenly you end up looking like Ray Park after it. It just pumps you on, man. Who don't want to look like Ray Park? That guy's an absolute tank. Exactly. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for sending in those thank amazing guys. responses, guys. We really appreciate it. it. Means the absolute world to us. But we also received a cheeky question from top man Paul Backle, who says, Hi to the best UK Star Wars podcast. I've got a yeah. question for you to ponder. Who do you think will voice, if he has one, Claude the Slug? Obviously, <laughs> it depends a lot on how they portray the character. But for some reason, I'm watching the one show tonight, Never Do, and Stephen Fry is on it. You can almost imagine seeing his mannerisms on this character. Would love to know what you think. Cheers and look forward to hearing your thoughts. Stephen Fry has clawed the slug, eh? In The Rise of Skywalker. I mean, it's possible. An intellectual slug. I would. Um, it's, I don't know who I'd like to see voice him, but I, what I would like is him to not actually speak English or basic. I'd yeah. like for him to speak alien. And yeah. for him to have those subtitles. 
like yeah. we saw with um, Candy Club. And, uh, yeah, Candy Club. Tell yeah. the Candy Club. They had those subtitles at the bottom, like those classic Star Wars ones. But um, I can see Stephen Fry doing it. I mean, who? I mean, who? Who? Who couldn't do it? Benedict Cumberbatch could come in and he did Smaug the Dragon. Why not have given Claude the Slug? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd rather it not speak. <laughs> I'd rather it be alien. <laughs> Just I, I, I really hope it's alien and like a language, like you said, with with uh, translation on it or something. Like if Jabba don't speak basic, mate. If Cloud the Slug flipping speaks <laughs> basic <laughs> then we're in, we're in for a fun time i'll just say that <laughs> so <laughs> stephen no. fry is a good shout i mean can you, i can imagine stephen fry's voice coming out of, not because he looks like claude but i can imagine just for the lulls if you will stephen fry's voice his intellectual voice coming out of this but slovenly looking beast who's been living in a cave for so long so why, <laughs> why wouldn't he do it yes Yes, big time. I, I like that. But yeah, thanks for sending that in, Paul. It means a lot, mate. Anyone out there listening, who would you like to hear <laughs> voice Claude? Or do you want it to be an alien voice as well? So before we move on to our final segment, we of course have the words from... We're speaking of genius, a maestro. He's a maestro with the pen and the quill. It's another poem from the top man, Curtis Smith. It's called A Sarge Ventress, Free Agent. Take it away. A Sarge Ventress. Free agent. Born of ancient magic, formed by Dooku's hurt, a thorn to the Jedi, death in a long skirt. You will finish them all and one up Darth Maul, and then have Obi Wan for dessert. Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Poetry. Always Star Wars, always poetry. Always original work, posting daily. Fine words from the only man able to touch MC Hammer. Thank you again, oh. Curtis. We your your poems consistently because they get better and better. And I keep looking at what you're doing on social media and the amount of traction, the amount of people who like and comment and love and share your work is astounding. So uh, keep on keeping on, man. Yeah, always, Curtis. Always a legend. Enough said. 100%. Certy. Can't argue, can't argue about that. Here's somebody else who wants to say something as well. Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, a.k.a. Ezra Bridger, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. Taylor Gray, Ezra Bridger, Harrison Doola on our show. Oh, mate, it's absolute filth, isn't it? I can't believe it. I absolutely can't believe it. Um, but, yeah, talking of filth, um, that brings us to everybody's favourite segment. It's canon character spotlight. Oh, wait, no, it's not. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> it's the it. <laughs> Star Wars game format. Obviously, in our last show, we decided we're going to be doing cheeky games every week. Last show matt quizzed me now it's might and we're gonna get spicy matt are you ready i am and i've got no idea what's coming up you have no idea do you literally have no idea you, what's coming up are you are you nervous i have i have a slight sense of trepidation crawling up my spine now <laughs> i can't lie all right okay the for it's all it's all good the force is strong with you okay, okay. first question are you ready go okay. for it ready who is more spicy <laughs> Jabba the Hutt or Greedo? Oh, oh! Greedo, Greedo's a punk, and he works by himself. Jabba, he's yeah. got dancers, he's got yeah. um, Shy Bly Snootle singing that 
Orville song. Mm-hmm. He's got yeah. Boba Fett hanging sense. out. And he's got Leia doing whatever Leia did. So Jabba the Hutt is the king spice. And I think he okay. even smoked that spice. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that. And on on a scale of one to ten, how spicy is he? I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna give him a nine because he had that. He had the Kowakian monkey lizard as a pet. Um, I think. I think he could have done without that court jester. <laughs> Quality. All right. Okay. Uh, next question. You ready for that? Oh, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you ten points for that one. You just answered. I think that's like <laughs> bang on. Who is more of a beefcake, IG88 or Watto? Oh, Watto. There is. He's there a... is a right answer to this. Well, it's got to be Go Watto because he, he he's. He's got that designer stubble going on. He's got yeah. that kind of tough American Italian accent. Guy doesn't yeah. wear any clothes wherever he goes. It's Watto. And also I mean, you can do a spot on impression. Mate, mate, you you must have woken up flawless today because <laughs> these are your answers so far. Another ten points. Who can dunk better? Bodie Rook or Snysuit Snootles? <laughs> um that's a <laughs> Um Go on. I'm not gonna argue, I'm not gonna argue size Snootles. I can't argue. Bodie Rook is a. I'm the pilot. I'm the pilot. He doesn't. He's a. He's a bit too timid for me. You can't imagine him really going full on spice, can you? Um, so, Cy mm. Snootle, she's got attitude. She's got sass. So, um, no. yep. Cy Bly Snootles is my girl. Jokes on you, because Bodie Rook, mate, he's on the NBA All Stars. So, um, oh no, don't know what planet you're living on. Blinking egg. <laughs> Yeah, what Jedi. forest moon? Forest moon you're living on. Um, yeah, no, right. Sorry, yeah, I'm gonna have to take points away from from you for that. Um, who listens to Drake the most, Qui Gon or Lando? I feel like this should be an easy answer. <laughs> <laughs> now, Qui Gon, Qui Gon, I can I can imagine Qui Gon really, you know, getting down to Drake. Mm-hmm. But it has to it, it, up there in Cloud City. When Lando's up there charming his various ladies of various species and droid, it's got to be Lando. He's got to be. He's got. He's got to be have Drake. Maybe a bit of Marvin, but Drake's got to be busting out of his speakers. <laughs> a bit of Marvin. <laughs> I love Marvin yes. as well. It's got so Lando's it's my answer. Okay. All right. No, that's right. I'll give you ten points for that. Who can down the most points, Tarkin or Biggs? <laughs> well, Biggs has got a moustache, so that possibly the bristles could be quite uncomfortable against the top of the point. Tarkin mm-hmm. takes no prisoners. I think he'd. I think just staring at that point would would um, <laughs> evaporate it. it. So yeah, that's it. Tarkin is ice cold in every way. So Tarkin, he'd do it, and even I think even his book would probably blow up the Death Star afterwards. You know what? I'm going to give you. It's it's fifty fifty. I'm going to give Ooh. you. I'm going to give you five points for that one. I'll take, I'll oh, take five. You're, yeah, you'll you'll take the five points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's five. that's fine. That's fine. I'll, I'll give you that. This is the final question. It's a big okay. one. Okay, are you ready? Cue the music. I want you to really think about this one. All right, mate. Hypothetically, let's argue that Obi Wan Kenobi is playing Monopoly. All right. Wow. He has an amazing role in his first turn, and somehow he lands on Mayfair. Ooh. Does he buy? He is a bold one, so mm. I think I think he does. He I think he I think I think he immediately sets down roots. We know he's a guy who likes to um, set up shop wherever he can. I think he literally walks into Mayfair, drops a hotel, and immediately says hello there, and that's it. It's a hello there hotel <laughs> on Mayfair. That's it. He's he's put he's setting up shop on Mayfair. He's only gone and done it, hasn't he? 
He's only gone and done it. He's got it right. Yeah. That's canon. That is canon. Yeah, he canon, yeah. played Monopoly and he bought Mayfair. Yeah. Well yeah. done, mate. Get off. Thank you, mate. You pretty That's much got you got you pretty much got like hundred percent, if not seventy. I don't know the maths. I haven't I'll really been paying 80. attention. But <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was a fun <laughs> question. I didn't expect any of that. You did. You did a good job, mate. You did a good job. I respect. I enjoyed it. that. I love these games to finish with. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, who knows what next week's game's gonna 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 toss up after that one? <laughs> um, I tell you something now. Before we finish off after that awesome game, I like that. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. We've got a lot of cool stuff on the horizon, which you're sure you're going to hear about uh, very soon. But um, yes, yeah, Star Wars sessions going to be having a bit of fun coming up soon. So uh, I wanted to shout that out before we finish off. Unfortunately, it's been a good fun episode talking about music and talking about spice and who can dunk the best. But that is that for this episode of Star Wars sessions. But a fun. Doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Are they airsoft fatty? Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? <laughs> they can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Session with no S on the end. That's at Star Wars Session on Twitter. They can slide into our galactic DMs on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions. That's at Star Wars Sessions on Instagram. Or feel free to drop us a cheeky voice note or message to our email address, SWS at what a watch tonight.co.uk. Yep, we are on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, everywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast. We're there. If you love our show, please do give us a good view on your podcast provider of choice because it, it just helps the show even more and it gets more listeners uh, to interact just like, just like you guys do already. The best listeners of them all. Absolutely. And please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cat, tell your auntie, tell your Ewok, tell your cousin. The more, the merrier, the spicier. Yes, tell Bodie Rook as well. This is the podcast you're looking for. So until next time, from me, see ya. And from Luke, may the force be with you always. They are Essex-based podcast heroes. galaxy far far away I, I actually feel like I'm still in it that I've never really left it you know tell that to Kanja Club